you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Well, if you would, please open your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. Last week, we looked at verses 1 through 20. And this morning, we're going to look beginning in verse 21 and reading through verse 43. Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse 21. This is God's Word. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, Don't be afraid. Just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means... Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up 
and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let them know anyone, not to let anyone know about this. And he told them to give her something to eat. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Try to put yourself in this scene. Try to picture what's taking place. Jesus has gone, we said last time, to the other side of the lake, to the bad neighborhood, the area where good Jews didn't go. And there he's encountered demoniacs and brought deliverance to them. Mark tells us the story of one of those two. Now Jesus has left that side of the lake and crossed back over to the other side. And when he gets over to the other side, before he can even get up the shore and into the town, he's surrounded by a crowd, a large crowd surrounded him. And one of the people in that crowd was a very important dignitary. He was somebody that people looked up to. One of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came. And seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. I literally remember a man who found out something horrible about his child. And he was distressed and he wanted help. And he called my house and asked if he could come see me. I said, yes. And when he came to the house, I went to the door and he literally collapsed on the ground. And sobs just wailing. He was so heartbroken over the situation that his son was in. He so wanted to see his son helped. This man didn't collapse at Jesus' feet. He willingly bowed himself before this itinerant preacher. This man was the synagogue ruler in that town, he was one of the people who was really looked to as the expert in God's law, in the expert on how to live, and yet when his child was in trouble, he knew he didn't have what it took. And so he went to Jesus. Jesus was famous. Jesus had done all kinds of miracles. But when he came to Jesus, and humbled himself and said, my little girl is dying. Please come. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed. He had faith. Jesus said, okay. Starts going with him. Oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be great. We're going to see a miracle. That's why we gather. That's why we like to come. We don't understand a lot of what Jesus says, but man, those things he does, absolutely mind-blowing. This is going to be wonderful. 
And so they're proceeding along, and the crowd is huge, and they're jostling up against him. They, I mean, you know, it's, they're, they're so excited, they want a front row seat. But there's one person in the crowd who's not even supposed to be there. She has been bleeding for 12 years without relief. She's been to doctor after doctor, and nobody's been able to help her. Well, because of her bleeding problem, she was not supposed to be in the crowd. Because she would make anybody she touched ceremonially unclean. She's going to pollute them just by her presence. And of all things, she's not trying to just be in the crowd and not touch anybody. She is trying to get to Jesus. I'll just touch the edge of his garment. I'm not going to ask him to put his hands on me and heal me. Nobody has to know. There was actually a messianic expectation of that. The Old Testament prophet had written that there would be healing in his wings. And that term was the term they used to describe the edge of the prayer shawl. And so the idea was that even if I could just touch the edge of Jesus' clothing, there will be healing there. She was desperate. She was ashamed. She was afraid. But she had faith. She thought, if I touch him, I will be healed. That's faith. That's beautiful. And so, she touched the edge of his clothing, and she was healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Twelve years she's been dealing with this, and all of a sudden now, when she does what she believed she should do, she's healed. Praise the Lord, I can go home. This is going to be good. Well, not so fast. Jesus stops and says, who touched me? This makes no sense to anybody. I mean, they were all touching him, and that's what his disciples said. They said, Lord, everybody's bumping up against you. Jesus actually said, who touched my clothes? Now, is this because Jesus was such a neurotic, fastidious person that he didn't want anyone to touch his clothes? No, not at all. Jesus had reached out and touched a leper. This was not about germs. This was about Jesus knowing what had happened and wanting to do something more for that woman. You see, she just wanted to get healed physically. That's all she was looking for. She had a problem. She'd had it 12 years. It had ruined her life. And if she could just get rid of that problem, then everything would be solved. I think all of us are capable of becoming so focused on one thing in our life that's, that's bad 
that we don't even pay attention to the other stuff. We don't even realize how broken we are. It's this problem. If I could just deal with that problem, then everything's going to be okay. And that isn't really the case. Jesus said, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet, you can ask, who touched me? That's kind of a rebuke. His disciples just thought Jesus was being unreasonable. It made no sense to them. But there was one person in the crowd who who knew exactly what he was talking about. When Jesus felt that power go from him, she felt that power come into her. She felt that she had been healed, and she knew that it was because she had touched the edge of his robe. And so, when the disciples tried to get Jesus moving again, Jesus, we've, you know, we've got a situation here. Um, please, the little girl is dying, and we need to keep things going, Okay. If Jairus becomes an ally of ours, this is really going to help our movement, okay? He's a synagogue ruler. He's a wealthy man. He's influential. It, it, it will be good to have him grateful to you because his child was healed, okay? I mean, I mean of course, we also want to help the child. Yes, that's true. But, but, but Jesus, really, please keep moving. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. He's not walking forward. He's standing there. Do you ever get frustrated with Jesus for seeming unreasonable as if he's concerned about stuff that you're not concerned about because you're focused on this? Does that ever happen to you? That happens to me. I feel like, what? What is he doing? I felt like we were making progress. I thought he said he was going to deal with this. And, and now he's, he's stopped and he's asking something that I think is completely unreasonable. Something good to remember about Jesus. He is Lord. He's the boss. We don't tell him what he needs to do. We don't set the agenda. When you pray, don't give him a to-do list that you worked out during the night. Jesus said we should pray, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. It's fine to ask him. It's fine to be specific. But come to start with an attitude that says, you are in charge, not me. God promises us that he is working all things together for the good of those who love him, who are the called according to his purpose. Now folks, that's either true or it isn't. And you either believe it or you don't. Well, I want to stand before you and testify that God's word is always true. And I want to tell you, I believe it. Folks, it's a great privilege for me to be able to come each evening and bring God's Word on these stations, and I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to do that. But if you listen regularly, you know that my life day-to-day is involved in trying to minister to kids who come from very difficult situations. I want to ask you to help us. 
Contact us at wvr.org and find out how you can be a part of the miracle. That's wvr.org. Please help us help these children. To step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is. So, Jesus stands there, won't go forward, keeps looking around, and this woman finally comes forward. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, something he didn't say to anyone else in the New Testament. He called her daughter. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Literally saved you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. You see, she didn't just need to be physically healed. Her sickness was much deeper than that like ours. What we need is a relationship with the Lord. We need to find out that God actually loves us and wants us to be part of his family forever. That's astounding. I've had a problem for 12 years and I just wanted to get free from my problem. Jesus says, you've had a problem your whole life. You need to find out who you are. You need to know what it is to be in relationship with your heavenly Father. Jesus said, I only say what the Father tells me to say. Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. And Jesus was telling this woman what the Father said. And that is, daughter, daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Shalom. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Well, while Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Imagine if you're that dad. I mean, you've just seen something amazing. Another miracle has taken place, but what about the miracle I wanted? I mean, this woman has been healed, but I wanted my daughter to be healed. It turns out God has enough power and compassion to take care of more than one person. And even though he doesn't always do it the way we want, he always does what's best in the end. And so Jesus ignored what they said and said to the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. Have you ever heard that? Do you realize that when the gospel is preached, God is saying to you, don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe. That word for belief there is, is to trust. 
where you utterly cast yourself upon the Lord. You have no other hope. Jesus isn't part of the plan. He's the whole plan. He's not one of the things that will help you get into heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. And when we arrive, we're not going to be saying, well, I'm really glad I did this, and I'm, I'm certainly is a good idea that I did that, and I, you know, I mean, these other people obviously didn't perform well enough. No, we're going to be saying, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. So, Jesus said to this man who had just heard horrible news, don't be afraid, just believe. He didn't let anybody else follow him except for Peter, James, and John, those three. You're one of the other 12, you're not going. He left them behind, took just the three who were his closest disciples, and he went to the synagogue ruler's house. And when he got there, the professional mourners are there. Everybody is weeping and wailing. But for many of them, it's just a show. Because when Jesus says she's alive, they laugh at him. Not the sort of thing that a true mourner would do. And then he went to the room where the little girl was lying on the bed. Her mother and dad were there. Peter, James, and John were there. But Jesus is the one who made the difference. He said to her, little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately, the girl stood up and walked around. How amazing is that? She was dead. It wasn't they came and said she's dead, and they got to the house, and it turned out she wasn't really. She had died, but Jesus is stronger than that. And this, they were completely astonished. It wasn't like they said, oh, good. They weren't just relieved. They were stunned because they'd just seen a person who had died come back. And he gave them strict orders not to let anyone know about this. <laughs> That made as much sense to them as who touched my clothes. Okay? How can we not? You've got to be kidding. Somehow, I mean, we're going to have to let her out of the room. What do you want us to say? Jesus said, give her something to eat. I love that. Jesus said, give her something to eat. And that's the end of the story. Well, not completely. I want you to look at these two people and what the text tells us about them. One was young. The other was old. One had had 12 years of privileged attention. She was the beloved daughter of the synagogue ruler. The other had had 12 years of suffering and isolation. Because of her problem, she couldn't be around people. One was wealthy. This little girl came from a wealthy family. The other had spent all she had. Her financial resources were completely exhausted. And yet Jesus cared for both. 
because no person is too great or too small, and no person is beyond what Jesus can do. Whoever you are and whatever you're going through, Jesus cares about you. And the gospel is for you. And he says to you this day, don't be afraid, just trust me. Don't trust what you've done or what you could do, or maybe if I do this, then I can be saved. You need to trust Jesus. He's the only one who saves. He's the only one. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.